This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and UpSnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself, change the world. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And this week, we are going to be talking about um, gut feelings or intuitions about situations and when to listen to them and when maybe to not listen to them. So how do we tell the difference between when maybe we're worried or preoccupied about something or when we are having uh, an insight? Um, or a premonition about how things um, may be playing out for us. Um, this is something that is uh, a, a source of confusion for many of my clients um, who are looking to tap into their intuition more completely, but are unclear as to um, how to do that effectively inside their life. And um, frequently what happens is we get caught up in our heads which um, are looking at a situation, analyzing a situation in a myriad of different ways and trying to um, use that information as our supposed source of intuition. Um, that is not a very good source um, because our minds uh, can look at things and they are quite capable of uh, looking at things a bunch of different ways. Um, including, you could say, things like, uh, you know, we can, we can create whole worlds through our, our fantasy and imagination. And we can, um, you know, alter our perceptions about an event, either positive or negatively without actually changing, um, what happened, but just changing our relationship to it. And, and so that those two examples illustrate how um, our mind can work and how our mind can then make it very difficult for us to create um, to create the kind of uh, insight and awareness that um, we're wanting that we can guide our lives by right so I, what I think is is that people have their own unique ways of gathering information. So that means the the little bits of information that could easily be put aside, um, little micro expressions and a face, tiny body posture movements um, to you know how a room feels or an image in their mind or a sensation uh, somewhere in their body. These are all ways that um, we might be getting inner guidance. And each person has a you know an individual way of of doing this and as much as there are trends throughout 
people and you can see some commonalities, you can also see this and um, you also want to look at how you uniquely pick up information and how you can best hear and listen and respond to your inner guidance. So very often what happens with people is that they don't take they don't take into consideration um the uh they don't take into consideration the information that they're actually getting. Okay, um, because they discredit that information as be not being valuable, as not being something that is informing them, and be, because of this, I miss a, a huge opportunity to be able to uh, use this information in a way that's really helpful and supportive for them. So, uh, what what they then wind up paying attention to is what is the loudest, which is often those churning thoughts or ill-founded worries or preoccupation with sort of these broad stroke types of information that uh, lead them away from what might be a very uh, deep and uh, strong uh, sense of inner uh, guidance. So, the, the, in looking at breaking down these ways that we take in, in information, that we tap into our intuition, I mentioned some, and I think it's worth, uh, building them out a little bit. Because when, when they get built out, when people start to say, oh, pay attention to that, or, um, actually, you know, that feeling is meaningful. When, when you start to look at things that way, all of a sudden you realize that you have this wealth of information that maybe has been just outside of your consciousness and that you can then access and work with. So, um, you know, a, a very empathetic person, you know, might actually feel uh, the emotions of another person uh, in, when they're interacting with them. And this allows them then to, uh, this allows them to understand what's going on inside of another person, right? Another person who might see um, an image or that could either be symbolic or could be actual when they're interacting with someone. It might be like a blip, um, or, uh, like a little screenshot, or it might also be more of a, sh- a short movie, um, that gives them insight into what might be going on for themselves, um, or for someone else. And, um, some people will get in it, like a physical, like sort of sensation or reaction, um, that allows them to know what, what is, what is going on, right? They might have a physical cue that lets them know when they're going in the wrong direction, or they might feel a sensation in a certain part of their body when they're interacting with someone that gives them insight about the person that they're interacting with. So, uh, some people will hear, um, words 
or phrases or even music um, that helps them, you know, kind of uh, know more about the situation that they're entering into or what's going on for them. Um, that could, the information and could also be in the form of uh, colors. Sometimes colors wind up showing up, and and the thing about, especially when it's a metaphor or it's something more abstract like a color, or it, one of the things to know is your own personal way of translating this information and making it meaningful. So that's part of the process of sort of honing your your intuition. Um, and then there's also just the experience of just knowing, of that certainty of just knowing that uh, something is right or wrong or what have you. So uh, those are some of the ways that you can be picking up information and then that that information can be uh, something that can be used to direct your life. So uh, one of the things that can happen is that um, even though we're getting this information, sometimes we can uh, still make the decision not to listen to it. And I think it's important to explore this a little bit because why would we listen to information or hear information, but then not listen to it. So why would we hear information and then not listen to it? That seems like such a silly thing. But it's something that we frequently do. Um, and, and sometimes the reason for this is that what our inner wisdom is telling us is in uh, conflict with what we want to be true. Um, or how we want things to go. And so when I talk a lot of times about the difference between the core self and the, in the ego self or the more superficial self, right? I, I'm looking at, uh, sometimes it would be the, you know, the more superficial, the ego self would want one thing. And then our core self, our deeper sense of knowing might be saying that really something entirely different is right. So when we come up against conflicts like this, sometimes uh, we listen to that deeper truth and sometimes we wind up, uh, you know, kind of going with our more superficial wants and desires. And there's something to be learned regardless of how we choose to relate um, to the information that, that we're picking up or how we choose to move forward in our lives. But what I notice is that when people come up to that crossroads and they repeatedly make choices um, that do not honor that deeper sense of self, then what happens is they, um, they usually suffer in some way. It creates um, an anxiety, a depression, an illness, something like that, where, you know, that, that repeated unwillingness to, you know, respond to that deeper wisdom um, is in one situation or another not as problematic, but um, if it's repeatedly chosen over time, uh, then it becomes uh, much more of a problem. 
So um, the other thing that can happen and reasons why we don't listen uh, to this deeper inner guidance is because we, our minds are so can be so cluttered and our lives can be so cluttered with all of the different things that we need to be thinking about. So we, you know, we've got, you know, multiple events to manage and um, we have stimulus coming at us all the time. And, you know, there, there are, you know, we're bombarded by all sorts of stimuli. And because of this, um, we can lose the ability to connect with this deeper information. Um, so that clutter actually creates like, um, like a smoke screen or a, a, a separation, a distance, a detachment from our deeper wisdom. Uh, it like clogs up the, the, the pipeline. It clogs up our ability to really take in our, our deeper wisdom. Uh, sometimes we can hear it. Sometimes we can't. But sometimes we can hear it, but that doesn't necessarily, um, uh, that doesn't necessarily uh, allow us to take action on it because we're so kind of under the clutter of our lives. Um, and, uh, the same thing can be true that like, as you know, um, we, we go through our lives and, uh, the clutter can show up as, you know, increasing, um, kind of unusual, uh, symptoms or feelings inside of our body. And then that can make it very difficult to discern between, um, uh, those feelings and what it is that we're actually um, feeling in response to what's going on. So in order to hear this inner guidance, a really important thing that we need is to be able to clear out this clutter. We need to be able to clear it out of all areas of our life. So we clear it out from, you know, our actual lives we clear it out from our our minds, from our hearts, from our relationships. We begin to clear out um, the things that are stopping us from being able to have that deeper contact with ourselves so that we can hear the inner guidance and we can also have the ability to act on it to uh to use it to make really good decisions in our lives so i uh, essential right is is clearing out this clutter so that we have um the the space to connect to this inner wisdom and also the clarity to be able to respond from our, our, our core or to choose the path that supports our core um, and feeds our core and nourishes our core versus 
the part that is more connected to our ego. So it works, um, this clearing out, this, this uh, cleansing, which I've talked about at various different times in, um, you know, on, on this show is so essential for being able to really um, access our intuition and, and effectively take action on it. So I'm going to talk more about listening to your intuition when we come back from this commercial break. Um, and I'll be back in just a couple minutes. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.kateseiner.com. Author and educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a Ph.D. in psychology, and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesiner.com. Hello, this is Dr. Kate Siner and this is Real Answers and we've been talking about listening to your intuition and specifically how we hear, how we hear or how we connect with our intuition and then what can get in our way, how it is that um, we can get in our own way and even hear guidance and not listen to it. So, uh one of uh, the things that I'd like to talk about in uh, relationship to listening to our intu- intuition is that it really is um, an art. It is it is something that uh, you you learn how to do and you continue to work with in a more fluid um, way than than some types of skills and um and there is this uh, refinement that happens that allows us to really hone our intuition so that we can use it in our lives um in a way that is really effective for us and there's there's a equal amount of finesse and surrender involved in intuition and i think that this is a very um a very important topic, right? Because we're walking the line between 
the the finesse, which is the ability to fine tune our perceptions, um, and the surrender, which is the letting go and not needing to know or needing to be right or being invested in outcome. And it is actually the the two of these things together that allows us to harness and work with our intuition more and more. Okay, So it's important to recognize that because one of the major problems when people start tapping into their intuition, one of the major problems that they um, they come across is that they like they want the proof right they they want to be able to say oh, okay i used my intuition and my perception for that and the outcome was what i wanted it to be and therefore my intuition is correct right it's a very mental way of going through the process um, which is you know to validate you know validating our um validating our experience, validating our, you know, intuitive perceptions. So when we when we do that, we lose something. It's like you know, in all the statements, the spiritual traditions and things like that when they say it's talk about grasping at something, holding something too tightly. Um, being overly invested or being too invested in some an outcome. All of those kind of teachings are pointing in the direction of the need for surrender. Um, and um, the need for surrender, surrender in this case is it's it is that relaxed holding. Right. It is the it's the ability to be present to and let go at the same time. Um and and it creates a certain type of clarity. And it would be another way of creating clearing the clutter. Okay, because we're all of our wants and needs and perceptions and all of that kind of stuff doesn't get all tangled up in there. Making it hard to see our direction. So that relaxed holding is something that is essential to the intuitive process. We need to be attentive to, but not overly invested in. And that is, you know, it requires a certain amount of finesse in and of itself. Um, so one of the things that can happen is we, as we start to do this, as we start to try to create this surrender, then we begin to be more conscious of the places where we're overly invested. The places, and not so much like that we're, um, just wanting to be the creators of our, our, our world and to really use our skills of, of creation. But the parts of us that are forcing things, 
that are, you know, grass, grabbing on to things and holding them too tightly. It's a completely different energy. You know, uh, the, the energy of force or grasping is so much different than the, the energy of, uh, just uh, attention and allowing. Right? And it's so much different than the creation the, uh, of creating something and bringing something into, uh, its natural flow. And what has been talked about and what seems to prove true time and time again is that that grasping and holding and pushing and pulling um, creates less of a sense of well-being and it is more likely to uh, result in feeling off track or confused or creating clutter in our life. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty deep concept there. Um, it's definitely something that probably requires a few times of being walked around before it, it really lands. But it's a, it's a very important, um, exploration. Because, uh, what can happen sometimes is that people get so hands off. Um, that they are not dynamically engaged with their life or they get so kind of glommed onto things that they become very controlling of their life. And neither one of those is as ideal as being able to be in that, um, that presence and, uh, allowing. So the holding, but holding loosely. And it with what you can find is because we have the ability to influence and create our reality, because we have that ability that if we don't keep the component of surrender involved with our intuition, a number of different problems can come out of that. Sometimes people become uh, really... Uh, like ego, um, egomaniacal. Um, sometimes people will, um, uh, you know, sort of almost need to create things around their intuitions or perceptions in order to make them, make them true. Um, or, you know, argue about, uh, you know, their, their validity. Or just feel for certain that whatever their perceptions are, are 100% valid. Those are some of the things that can happen when people kind of get over, overly invested in their intuition. Um, and conversely, you know, that, that underinvestment, that, uh, that total detachment, um, can leave someone just really not feeling the richness of life. Really not, um, creating in a way that is connected to their, their deeper truth. And the finesse on the other side that I was talking about, 
the finesse is being able to continually discern at finer and finer levels. So, you know, it might seem that when we're first tapping into our intuition, that it's like, um, you know, we're, we're, it's very general. Like we're getting either general information or, or we're getting it right 50% of the time and not another 50% of time, you know, something along those lines where, where it's, it's, it's not very refined. It's a little clunky. And then as we start to develop that ability to perceive in a e- like a, a even more refined way, we can start to hone our perceptions. And what is very helpful for this is actually using some of the structures that have been used throughout time. Incredibly helpful in refining uh, your intuition. There's a number of different, whether it's, you know, the mystical traditions, whether it's, you know, new age books, um, whether it's uh, psychological, uh, there's some good psychological systems. What they allow you to do is to have something to measure your perceptions against. And what that does is it allows you to refine it because you now have a a perspective. You now have something to compare it to. And so that speeds up the whole process. It's not because, and this is something that happens. This would be an example of holding on too tightly to something. One of the things that happens is that people then become preoccupied with that particular method. They start to think that that method then is the, is the vehicle for the intuition. And that's not really it. Um, it's a structure by which we can continually grow our perception. Right? So, so one is giving all the power to that, um, method or approach. And the other is recognizing it as a valuable structure that allows us to gain insight and that the, the intuition and the power of the intuition is, you know, outside of that. So that's a, that's a really important, uh, clarification is, uh, you know, looking at, um, you know, recognizing that these structures and these ways that we can grow our perception are not the reason that we have it. So we don't have intuition because we engage in transcendental meditation. We have intuition and we use transcendental meditation to develop it. Right? Or any other, and like any system. I just grabbed something. So, re- that allows us then to, once again, not grasp onto a way of doing things that is then going to be, uh, we can then, uh, sort of hold on to and say this way, this way is always right, right? Because then it's not, because nothing ever is. And therefore, uh, then we start to like go move into delusion. 
And once we move into delusion, the delusion is this is right all the time. And then when it's not right or it doesn't work, then we say, oh, well, it has to be because this is what I've staked my, you know, myself on, my intuition on, my um, insight on. It has to be. And so we we move out of a place of recognizing that everything has strengths and weaknesses. And we begin to become uh, very uh, limited and um, and uh, rigid in our belief system. And when that happens, we're no longer holding in that, you know, attentive and allowing way. And uh, because of this, uh, we are, we become, like I said, slightly diluted. And the more diluted that we become, the more sort of off kilter our intuitions become. That doesn't mean we're not having amazing insights. Amazing insights could be happening. The, per- the power of the perception could still be incredible. But what has entered into it is a delusion. What has entered into it is a distortion, which eventually shows up. It eventually shows up, but eventually has an impact in some way. Um, and you can see this. You can see this if you start to look at um, spiritual and religious figures. Um, you can see it probably. There's an example of it in pretty much uh, most people that you've come across in your life. Um, because it's a very easy thing for us to do on large or small scale. Um, and, and, uh, you know, sometimes when we're really good at something or really strong at something, uh, it takes longer time to catch up with us. And when it does, it, it comes out in a much bigger way, um, commensurate with our, our, our strength. So all of this is to say that, um, you know, we, we're continually, uh, going back and forth between this finesse and this surrender, this attention and refinement and this letting go. And it's that process of move, you know, I mean, and this is just how it, it can be talked about, but moving back and forth between those two. And, and developing the skills in each area that, um, results in our intuition becoming more, uh, a more effective resource for guiding ourselves and guiding our life. And just like anything else, it's not a, kind of like a a binary thing where you either, you know, get it right and then, you know, you have intuition and you can use it for guidance or you get it wrong and you don't and that's it. It's not that. It's a process and the process is one of, of continually refining and understanding 
um, how we can live more fully, how we can have access to, you know, more of the completeness of who we are. So remembering that, remembering that it's a process, remembering that we are, you know, it's not about giving up on our intuition or, you know, saying, oh, mine's always wrong or mine's always right or whatever. It's it's not so much like that as this is a faculty that we have and one that helps us be able to navigate all different aspects of our life. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this um, when I come back after this commercial break. So in just a couple minutes, I'll be back talking more about listening to your intuition. Craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner, is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your true self so you can make a difference in the world starting with you. Visit www.katesigner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator Dr. Kate Siner is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself. Visit www.katesigner.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-I-N-E-R.com. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers, and we've been talking about listening to your intuition. Um, uh, right before the break, I was talking about uh, being able to work with our intuition with a combination of finesse and surrender, and all of the nuances that go along with that mixture and continually uh, refining our ability to listen deeply to ourselves. Uh, what I'd like to talk about now for the end of the show is simplicity, uh, which is that very often a way to tell the difference between our, our intuitive guidance and our, um, you know, our minds or what have you 
uh, is the simplicity of what it is that we're hearing. So uh, intuitive guidance um, from my own experience and from the people that I've spoken with frequently does not sound or feel or look like a long um, monologue. It is more of the flash of insight. It is more of the simple message. And this is another reason why we often don't listen to it because one of the things that we are frequently attracted to, or many people are, not everyone, but many people are attracted to complexity. Um, and most people I know make many things much harder than they actually are. Uh, and uh, there's wonderful parts of that because we explore and understand all sorts of new things along the way. But uh, when we uh, do that with our intuition, it kind of gets us off track. So when you get, that's why all the clutter can make it so hard to hear these simple kind of messages. Um, or So a lot of times our guidance might be saying something like, you shouldn't be doing this or you should be doing that or stop or yes, or no, uh, things that are very brief, um, short, and uh, they, and I want to say instantaneous, it can also be instantaneous, and um, and then we can have uh, possibly, uh, we might overthink them or eliminate them because they are so simple. Um, one of the things that I, I see as being a very important skill to develop is our willingness to let things be really simple and easy. Um, so it, if, we, if we allow things to be uh, simpler and easier, um, then and, and we make room for that, then when we get a very simple message, we recognize how profound that message is. Um, and we can keep our attention on it. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. So why don't we listen to our intuition? I talked about clutter. I talked about, you know, uh, different, you know, different things that can bring our attention away from um, our guidance that we're getting. We just don't want that. We want something else. Well, one of the things that happens is that the, it, the simplicity of the guidance um is very easy to get distracted from. It's like um, on one hand, you have a very peaceful, um, a very peaceful like pond or lake, beautiful, beautiful scene. And on the other side, you have a carnival. Um, and most people uh, in that situation, their attention would get taken away by the carnival. 
that even if the person really wanted to be by the lake, uh, the noises, uh, the colors, uh, how unpredictable it is, all of that different stuff is something that would cause our attention to go away. And our mind works like that a lot of times too. We have a very simple solution. And the simple solution would be quite effective. And yet we're kind of drawn away to the carnival of, of thoughts and possibilities and wondering and sometimes complication problems and dramas. And that to actually give our full attention to the, uh, this, this simplicity requires the development of skills that help us do that. Like if I go and eat at a a restaurant or something like that and they have a TV, I really don't like that. Um, But regardless, um, it gets my attention. And the likelihood that I wouldn't look at it and then once looking at it, kind of be stuck in it for a little while is very unlikely. Um, because I, you know, it's, it's just stimulating. It's stimulating my brain in so many different ways. So the same thing happens. You know, we have all the different ways that things can be crazy or, uh, they can need to be planned or we can need to analyze them or, um, we can wonder about them or we can have fantasy. There's all that stuff going on. And then, or, you know, we have something that's very simple and very straightforward. Um, and it, what I've noticed in people is that it just takes a while to be able to return our attention back to that simplicity. And that's one of the reasons that meditation is so valuable is it teaches us how to bring our attention back to that simplicity and when that, when we have that, we have a really clear line on, on the next best steps for us. How we want, you know, how we are going to let something unfold. So, I think that uh, you know, whatever it is and whether it's a meditation practice or if it's just an active living practice, being able to refocus ourselves on the, the, the direct, the simple, the synthesized, the clear guidance that we're getting. And then, what I teach people to do is to continually, like, so refocus on that, get drift away, refocus on that, and then clear anything and everything that's in the way of it, right? So it's just like, um, there's a really clear, uh, feeling, outcome, 
um, it's difficult to talk about it in time. And, you know, we're, we're locked onto it. We're connected with it. Uh, we can perceive it. We can perceive our relationship to it, whatever. And so if we're not getting distracted, which is one of the things that can happen. The other thing that can happen is it's almost like all of this stuff gets in the way. And it's, it's just, that's just another way of wording the distraction. It's like all of a sudden there's an obstacle or there's a reason why not or there's, you know, something. And it's our responsibility to move that out of the way and stay focused on that, that simplicity and that creates an overwhelming amount of clarity and inner peace. And it can be done at any point in time, you know, at any point in, in your, your life and your experience and any time at all. And when it is done, when you when you take that action, you, you'll notice how much easier the things in your life become. And you'll also start to notice how much harder things are when you're not doing that. So it makes you aware of the degree to which um, you know, you're suffering when you are making things so difficult. So, uh, that getting accustomed, like acclimating to the simplicity, recognizing that that simplicity has a really strong power, that that's what you will, can actually pay attention to in order to hone and develop your intuition. So when you, you kind of get that, it, it um, heightens your sensitivity to it. Um, it uh, clarifies how valuable it is. And all of those things help you then be able to tune into it and be able to develop um, your connection with your intuition and your ability to then act on your intuition. So, um, when we do these things, one of the things that I've been talking about when we kind of recognize the split that can exist between our guidance and um, our ego, when and and how we might want one thing from that egoic place and and something else is really good for us. When we can start to differentiate between the uh, the minds turning on stuff and the simplicity of the guidance that we're hearing, when we understand that we're not living in a either my guidance is good, my guidance is bad kind of place, that we're in process to develop our 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 guidance. Because that is part of stepping into our complete potential. Right? When we recognize that 
are the, the, what we're really looking for is in, from our guidance or what we're really looking for in order to be in touch with our guidance is this sense of simplicity. Uh, when we start to notice those things, it fills out and fills in our guidance. Like our, it fills out and fills in our ability to both hear and respond to our inner guidance. In the same way that I was saying, oh, okay, well, if you get a system, the system will help you uh, grow your inner guidance. Like if you use a system, it will help you grow your inner guidance. In the same way, the things that I laid out help clarify the terrain so that it becomes easier to know what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to. And by doing that, your inner guidance begins to become something that you can rely on more and more. And as you rely on it more and more, it becomes something that uh, you ch- can ch- you trust. And as you trust it, you, it, it grows. Right. So there is this process of like, as you start to engage with it, as you start to understand how to work with it, that that also intensifies your guidance, your ability to hear guidance, your ability when you hear it to respond to it. So, um, inner guidance is one of the most, I want to say one of the most powerful, one of the most powerful tools that we have at our disposal. That ability to tap in and uh, and know or gather information about what is really and truly supportive of who we are um, and how we want to be in the world is uh is changes um our level of uh um our sense of security our sense of peace our our sense of okayness rightness as we travel through life this is a really really wonderful thing to develop and so i'm going to wrap up for today uh it's been wonderful talking to you about your, in, our intuition, your intuition, my intuition, everyone's intuition. I look forward to speaking with you next week um, on Real Answers. We'll be looking more at how to create a deeper sense of harmony in your life. So have a great week. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.